This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. All right, everyone, we have a very special guest today on the Raw Beauty Talks show. We have Hayden Tricker joining. He is a transformational life coach and transgender model who helps people heal and embody their authentic self so they can live a happier, more confident life. In 2020, he became an Insta TikTok star who has recently been openly sharing his experience transitioning from female to male. I first came across Hayden's Insta page and fell in love with these beautiful photos that he was sharing and and posts, the words that went along with them were incredible, about his relationship. At the time, he had long brown hair, identified as female, and was well-known in the LGBTQ community. Hayden, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on here and to talk a little bit about your incredible story and journey transitioning from female to male and what that has been like, you know, finding your identity as a coach as well and in your career, which I think is something that so many people are also figuring out, right? Like we're all trying to define ourselves and figure out how to explain ourselves and the correct words and adjectives. And so I feel like this is going to be a big part of our conversation today. Anyone who feels like they're still trying to figure out who the hell they are. Yeah. Like even the word identity, like it's ever like changing, like it's depending on who you are that day and what career you're in, what stage of life you're in, like I've identified as straight, then lesbian, and now straight again. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to dive into this piece as well around sexual orientation. I mean, I think that no matter what you identify with, what gender you were born with, what, well, I guess sexual identity, is that how you would describe it? Like what you are physically born with, the parts that you're physically born with, what do we call that? I think it's your sex. And then there's your gender, which is like more the expression in who you are and who you like see yourself as. Okay. So we're going to talk about all of this today, but I think this is just going to be such a cool conversation on identity as a whole. I think so often we can get locked into an identity for ourselves. Like I am mother, I am father, I am a teacher, whatever it is. And we attach these identities to us and they can either really lift us up or bring us down, tear us apart, feel out of alignment. So tell us a little bit about your incredible story. Um, All right. So I was (laughs) born in a small town in Ontario, always like a tomboy is kind of that's the term that everyone kind of uses for when their female daughter is more masculine. And I think like looking back at it now and like looking at photos, I can see myself like my inner child at that age, like 
wanting to express like how I felt or who I was or like all of those things that like made me feel comfortable, but because of like societal norms or like gender roles, all of those things, like 15, 20 years ago, a lot has changed since then. And like, I was told like who I, who I was, who I should be, like how I had to grow up. I had to go into dance and piano and all of these things that like, I would throw like a temper tantrum because I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to play hockey. Like, why can't I just be like my older brother and do all the things he does and not have to comply with like doing all the things more so my mom wanted me to do because it was what she wanted more so for her and like her daughter. I struggled a lot with that until my parents kind of like gave in and was like, all right, like they're obviously not happy. Um, we will allow you to go and like play hockey and do all these things that you want to do. And I used to be like a very like country kid, like grew up like driving snowmobiles, like go-karts, like dirt bikes all at the age of five. I love doing all that. And especially in that atmosphere, like I would be outside without a shirt on. And like, that was acceptable more so because they were so young and like a country kid. So I can look at photos and see like my little like self like thriving in that state until it, I went to more of like a confused, like now I had to like have my hair grown out and like be fitting in this like box of what that identity was. And throughout my public school, like I really kind of struggled with like not wanting to like wear makeup when all the girls started wanting to do, do that or all of the things with like puberty. Now looking back, like I didn't have a feeling or a word for that dysphoria. But now like I know a lot of those things like I was really struggling with. And then going to a small town high school, there was no like LGBTQ anyone like that wasn't even a known word I didn't know what that was I didn't know you could be gay I didn't know you could be lesbian didn't know you could be trans nothing wow yeah it wasn't like a religious area like it was just like such a small town like just no one expressed that way even if they were that I just didn't know about so in high school like it was still a struggle of like me having conversations with my friends being like, what do you feel with this like love thing? Like, how do you feel with your boyfriends? Cause like, I don't feel this for a man. Like, like I'm trying to like all these guys and like fit in and do all these things that all my friends were doing. But like, I didn't feel anything inside. So I'm like, this is like, something's different. Something's weird. It didn't make sense. I didn't get butterflies, all of those things until I went to college. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why. And that I came out as lesbian and realized like I was allowed to like females. And I think I tried so hard growing up to fit in that I didn't even see that as an option. That felt like a landing to come out as lesbian while I identified as female. And I was very happy with that. Like I changed my entire wardrobe, like men's clothes, because at the time, like living at home, not to say my parents didn't allow me to, but they still try to push so hard. Like, no, you go to the woman's section, you buy all the like clothes there. Like your brother goes to his section and then any family event or anything, I because I had really long hair, my parents were really attached to my hair of like wanting me to always wear it down for any special occasion had to wear a dress and like I hated all of those things so my college was like my kind of rebellious of like I'm doing me and you can't tell me what to do anymore and then was able to finally like find my expression and what I actually enjoyed and liked was that a tense time with your parents or were they just kind of like Hayden's being Hayden 
it was, I think, hard in the beginning. Like, every time that they would kind of, like, make some comments being like, oh, like, I liked it when you wore, like, more makeup and your hair down or wore girly clothes. But that was more so, like, the me trying so hard to fit in. Like, I did go through a girly stage in college because I just wanted to be like every other girl and, like, go out to the bar and wear a dress and, like, look really good and have all the attention. Like, I went through a phase of, like, trying to people please and have that validation that, like, I was beautiful. And it's, like, an overexertion of, like, me just making myself as girly as I can just to try and accept that within me. And it it didn't work. So that's where it was, like, all of these things I kind of had to go through and experience And I still at that point wasn't aware that I was transgender. Like there was still so much suppression of my masculine side and any of those like beliefs that I had as a kid. It wasn't until this past year, like last year of me moving out to Vancouver with my partner, finding ourselves here, having my spiritual awakening, going through a lot of like dark night of the soul, removing all those like onion layers that like I was finally able to see. But it took a while to dig down deep and be like, hey, like who actually am I without all these social like constructs and any like things that was pushed upon me? Like when I look back in my childhood, like what was I like, what is my inner self saying? And with that, like I did uh, my Reiki practitioner, like certificate. So that helped with a lot of my healing. And I saw my girlfriend is a psychic and I saw another like astrology reader and then my Reiki healer. There was like three or four people in the spiritual community that told me I was about to like have like a a 180 transformation or like a a huge thing that was going to impact my life coming up. And like, I had no idea. Like I was like what is this? Like my hands out and be like, just please tell me like, what is happening? Like I'm ready to receive whatever this next change is. And I went to go have a collaboration with a um, laser hair removal company because I had a hair phobia and I didn't know why I had a hair phobia, but I just hated hair. And it wasn't until like my girlfriend was like, what was the first time that told you like hair was not okay. And for me, when I look back, it was from my childhood of my brother, who's a year older than me. I had puberty before he did, as most females do, that I started growing body hair. And it threatened his masculinity that I was then more masculine as a child than him. And then I had hair. So he would always tease me or put me down for having any hair on my body. And then just growing up, like I just learned to like hate it. So from whatever age I started growing any type of hair on my body, I would shave it up until like 2021. Wow. So I was going to do this collaboration where I was like, hey, like I would love to just get this all lasered off so my showers aren't like half an hour and I can just get rid of all this. And in that process, I thought it was like similar to waxing where you had to grow out your hair to get it lasered off which it's the opposite, like you need to shave it right down for them to laser it. In growing out my hair in that process, I was like, wow, like, I actually don't mind this. And then it was like, a kind of like a sense of euphoria where I was like, hmm, like, what am I kind of feeling? Like, I thought this was really bad. And like, and within that, I told Victoria, I'm like, I'm scared that if I get my face lasered, I will never have a beard one day. And then she's like, well, why are you wanting to have a beard? Like you wear makeup, like you have long hair, you identify as female. Like, why are you thinking about this? And like, it really made me sad to think that like I would never be able to like grow a mustache if I got that lasered off at the time. 
allowing me to shave it just gave me the option still that it was still there if I ever chose to in the future. I just wasn't ready yet. So then I kind of dove down that path of like, what do I actually want? And like, when I look in the mirror, what do I see? And then I started just like peeling back all these things and was able to like see this little boy inside, like so badly wanting to come out. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. When you first started to experience this, when you like are asking that question or thinking about, I'll never be able to grow a beard, were you like, holy crap, why am I having these thoughts? Or was it a sense of relief? Like, oh my God, like, I feel like I'm closer to self when I start thinking about this. It was a weird, like polarity experience of like my body, like inside, like that, like heart stomach kind of feeling was like, yes, like finally you're seeing. And then like the mind ego was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to be this. Like, stop taking those thoughts or like a little bit of like the internalized transphobia, which like I talk to a lot of other transgender like folks out there and they usually say they go through a stage of because of everything pushed on transgender people that they don't want to identify as that or don't want to be that because they don't want to be different or don't want to be those things that people say. So like you'll almost like retreat back and try and suppress it more. But I was in my awakening aware enough of that to be like, no, I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to tune into myself and not care about what anyone else thinks or says, especially with my platform being built like my 
following grew because of mostly my exterior of me portraying to be a hot lesbian, showing my exterior of like my outfits, how I express myself more so that which was like, not to say a facade, but like it was all more so to get that validation or attention. Right. And you were that. That was a chapter in your story. And that was as well, I think, opening the doors for a lot of people to see and experience aspects of the LGBTQ community that aren't necessarily always seen on social media. That's why I started following you is because I was like, oh, I never, you never really see this. You never really see intimacy between lesbians other than in movies where it's like, I don't know, they're in a mud pit and it's like some male director that's giving you some version of what it would be like. And so I thought it was really cool and beautiful to see it from your perspective at that time. And then obviously getting to, you know, be a fly on the wall as you've started to transition has been so interesting and such a beautiful evolution as well and so fascinating to see how you and Victoria and like how she's held space for you during this transformation. And again, something that almost every relationship is going to experience over the course of time is, is people peeling back layers, ident- figuring out who they are, healing, doing all of this work that we do in the, in the container of a relationship. Like, how did she feel when you were like, yeah, I think I can imagine myself with a beard. So I, like, when we go back and talk about this, I would make a couple of comments. Like, when I was kind of figuring out myself, like, I would make a little bit of comments being like, what if I, like, was your, like, your boyfriend? Or, like, would kind of just, like, slip little things, like, under the rug to see how it was received. And a lot of the times, like, she would think I was joking. So, like, we would kind of just, like, laugh about it and just joke. And, like, it was... It was a very quick transition of like figuring it out. Like this all happened within probably a week. So like it wasn't like months of like trying to think and talk like this was like a week long of like me every day kind of like seeing and figuring uh, myself out, like going and following other transgender people on Instagram and then showing Victoria their posts being like, hey, like look at their transformation, like just see how she would act and she'd be like, wow, like they look so good and like be talking about them in that way. So then it would start to like make me, I think, feel a little bit more safe. But at the time as well, like I was the first female Victoria had ever been with. She identified as straight prior to meeting me and had only been with men. And then for her to then identify as pansexual, what she would say, like she doesn't like to identify as anything, but if people were to label her, it would be pansexual and that she doesn't care what your gender or sex is. It's just through the soul of what she loves that made me feel safe. Like when identifying as female being in a lesbian type relationship. And then for me then to come out as male and be like, Hey, I'm transgender. Then it was like, Oh, okay. She was very like supportive of it. And like, we had a lot of talks about it with even changing my name because Hayden isn't my birth name. And like, we, would kind of play back and forth of like she would call me Hayden and like see how that felt or start calling me he so she was the first one that like I told and like experienced kind of that with and then we dove into like telling our families after but through this whole process she's been very supportive and very loving which I'm so thankful and lucky to have especially to show other like transgender folks or anyone that's questioning their identity and are in a relationship 
that like it is possible that like everyone always thinks like I'm going to be alone. No one's going to love me. All of these things, because usually we learn these patterns or beliefs when we're a kid, when we try to start like showing and expressing our true self and then it gets shut down, denied, whatever to be like, Hey, you can't be you. So then you then grow up trying to be someone you're not. And then it's hard to kind of break that cycle to be like, Hey, no, I want to be me. And I know someone's going to love me because I am me. I mean, it's, it's so interesting being a mom of a boy and a girl. Well, that's, you know, their sex that they were born with and doing my best to hold space for them to become whoever they and their little souls are meant to be without projecting my own shit onto them. And that, you know, can come up in so many ways, as you said, the like activities that you put them in or what you imagine them wearing or the colors of their bedrooms. And so I'm doing my best to ask them a lot of questions. And oh my gosh, it's hard sometimes like when Brooklyn's like I want to wear this and I'm and to just like let her go but to really realize like that's my own conditioning the best thing that I can do as a parent for both of my kids is to really provide them a strong foundation of love and acceptance for them to become whoever they're meant to be but that requires a lot of self-reflection yeah and like you have a lot of that awareness as well and like Parenting right now, regardless of that, I find is very hard with what is one going on with the world. But like having all of these things come out with being more like accepting and having more awareness around like identity, sexual orientation and all of that kind of put together. And like going back to yourself of like, hey, like when did I learn like a lot of these beliefs and like, are they serving me right now or are they limiting me? And like, are you projecting onto your kids? Because like, I found in a lot of the folks that I talk to when in my coaching calls, it's their parents trying to like, they're kind of jealous of their kids experience or the way that they're living because their parents didn't allow them to do it. And it's like that kind of like inner child wound from them that they're then projecting on their kids of like suppressing like their needs for wanting to like be who they are. And like their parents are so attached to these identities and whether because the society kind of was like, you go to school, you get that degree, you get that career, you have the family, you have the kid, whatever, you retire, and that is your life. Where it's like, now we're all breaking free from that paradigm where it's like, hey, like, I graduated college, and I'm not doing anything to do with my <laughs> degree. All these things that it's like, yeah, this is a little bit unsafe, but it's what my like soul is thriving on is this freedom in an ability to go and do whatever I want. And then my parents are like, well, how are you doing that? Like, I didn't get to do that. Yeah. It's pushing at the sides of their comfort zone. And you mentioned the word safe, like what the one thing that every parent wants for their child. And it's kind of like built into our parental, I don't know, being is that we want to keep our children safe. And so when kids are pushing the boundaries of what feels safe in a society, then that can be really challenging for a parent. And so what I think is so important about conversations like this and individuals like you who are speaking out and sharing is to understand that you can be transgender and be safe. Not everywhere. Like we're so lucky in Vancouver and Canada. You can have a beautiful life, a far more beautiful life than if you were trying to be somebody that you're not. But that will take a bit of time for, I think, 
people to see that like it's okay that's like more so what i'm trying to like get the message across with me now having a platform is being like that trans representation like that i needed when i was a kid can you tell us a little bit about the process of transitioning so you're like looking in the mirror you're like i could maybe imagine myself with a beard you're talking to Victoria about, you know, changing your name to Hayden and, and using the pronouns he, him. And then what happens? Like the first thing that kind of happened as well to start it all was I did, I cut my hair off. And for me, that was like the huge release of all the attachments that I held within my hair of what I said earlier about my childhood with my parents, like seeing my hair as like this thing that I needed to always like have down and I was only beautiful when I wore it down type thing because they had a lot of attachment to it and then I had a lot of attachment to it once I cut it off I was like wow like I can breathe like this layer just kind of opened up and like like I feel a lot freer now and then when I would look at myself in the mirror I'd be like okay yeah like I'm liking this and then it was like okay this isn't short enough like I want to go shorter but I still had the perception that like, if I went shorter, I didn't want to be a boy, like type thing. Like when I would see that, like my soul and my mind would be like fighting back because I, I didn't want to be teased for being that. Once I finally was like, I like assess that and started to heal, like, why do I feel that? Why am I people pleasing? Then I was like, no, I'm doing it for me. This is what makes me happy. And what like fills me with joy. So I went and cut it off even more. And then the process after I started questioning was I had to talk to a psychiatrist or like counselor. I went through the background of paying a private one. There's a thing here called Transcare BC, which once you start going through this, you can reach out to them and they will kind of set up all your appointments and like help you through it all that way. But that was on a wait list and I didn't want to wait because it was like, once I saw, I couldn't unsee it. And I'm like, I've waited 25 years to like see this. And now I'm like, I can't even like, I can barely wait a week. Cause I was just so excited. I was like, my soul is finally free. I know who I am. And like, was so confident in that. I paid a counselor to do, it's called a hormone readiness assessment. So they just kind of go over a lot of things like, kind of ask you the same thing like when were you questioning how long did you know like what did you wait was your experience like as a child like did you have dysphoria which like I did a lot about my chest and then like what is like your work like like are you gonna get fired if you were to come out like what's your family situation like are you gonna like get kicked out of the house like they go through all those like safety kind of concerns first to make sure that like you are in a safe place you have support you have the means for like money and financial things and that you're not going to be stuck. And then once I completed that, I had to get on a wait list for an endocrinologist. So not every doctor has awareness of hormone replacement therapy. I had to get a family doctor here in BC because I'm from Ontario and I hadn't been to one here. And then she set me up with this endo who has knowledge and can prescribed testosterone and once I got that I just went to him and kind of he told me some of the side effects and like and then he prescribed it and now July 28th 2021 is my first shot when I started 
since then I do uh, injection sub Q in my stomach weekly on Wednesdays. And I think I just did my 30 second shot. You mentioned when we started the conversation, you're like, I'm having a tricky time doing headshots and things because I kind of look a little different every week. What are some of those changes physically that you experience? I want to say as well, like everyone's transition is different and unique to them. So like I could say all of my side effects or like things that have changed within me and the time frame it's happened, but everyone else is different. So like one that I was really looking forward to is my voice. And it's something that always gave me a lot of dysphoria. Like when I cut my hair and I think because I was so embodied in it that when I went out in public, I mostly got gendered as a man before even starting any hormone therapy. It felt good within me, but then I was afraid to speak. So I would go out in public and they would be like, sir, or whatever they would like kind of say to me. And then I would just feel this like huge lump in my throat being like, don't speak because then they're going to be confused. And like, I had it happen a couple of times that I'd be like, thank you. And then they'd be like, uh, mm, like it would become an awkward situation. So I would try and avoid that awkwardness and like kind of give them a wave and walk away. But not fully able to express, which is one of your biggest gifts. Exactly. So then it, I developed more of this like block in my throat chakra of like it started in the beginning. Of my transition was very hard to speak my truth. And that took a bit like I think around three months of testosterone like I hit like a point where like it dropped pretty low and then that started to be like where I was happy and like now with my voice like it could stay this way and like I'm thankful and great for it because a lot of people do not drop this deep this fast um with me only being seven months on tea so that was like a huge change for me even the mustache that I have and like facial hair that I do have that started pretty quick and most people don't even develop like hair follicles for like at least a year, which it it's all goes by genetics. My face has become like the structure of it more round. Victoria uses the word thicker, not to say like you gain more fat, like you can if like you are eating more, but it's the fat within your body redistributes. So the right. places that females hold fat within their body because of estrogen is different than males with testosterone. My face has become more oily, a lot of like skincare routines. Like I broke out in acne, I think around four, four months on teeth, um, which then is a whole other thing of like, no one likes to go through a puberty stage of acne when they're 26. Like that was my <laughs> own kind of way of like not wanting to even show myself again because my face was full of acne or like my back because these are all like side effects. Yeah. And your body's adjusting in huge ways. All of a sudden that skincare routine that you had before is necessarily the right one for Hayden now. How do you feel? It's been a constant like back and forth, like of kind of what I said before, like it feels great, but it like still, it depends with the relationship and like I'm conscious of it that I hold because there's always that and you can relate like something better like it could be whether it's like fitness or like eating or like your body there's always something that you could look forward to be like well this could be better my body could be thinner I could be more muscular I could have better abs like all these things I could have more facial hair when you start thinking about all that you get carried away and then I'm like now I just made myself unhappy but then if I'm like starting to have gratitude for like the little hairs I do have that are on my chin or like 
the way that my body is changing and like the subtle things of just like sitting there in that presence and like having that gratitude for, then it's like, oh, this feels amazing. And like, how lucky am I that I get to live as my true self? So it's kind of like when you get carried away of like that comparison to others of like, when I started my transition and I'm looking at folks who are like one to five plus years on testosterone. And I'm like, I just want to be them. And I'm like one week on tea. I'm like, why don't I have a beard? (laughs) Why do we do this to ourselves though? Always. And like, that's where it can relate to anything. Like it could relate to like schooling or like your career. Like, why can't I be like that top person that like just knows everything and like has all this knowledge or wisdom. And you're just starting out and you're like reading textbooks. Yeah, you're chapter one. They're on chapter 30. It's not going to do us any favors to be comparing to somebody who's in a completely different stage. And yet we all do it. And I think social media really provides us just like so many images and access to so many people that 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 voice of comparison can get really loud. What do you find most helpful in centering you? Like you mentioned gratitude. Yeah. So like when a lot of those days where like either the dysphoria comes up. So like if I look at myself in the mirror and like, it's the same thing of like the body um, dysmorphia of like when you look at yourself and you're like, I'm fat and like, you're not actually fat. You just are seeing yourself that day differently kind of same thing that goes with me like when I look at myself in the mirror I'm like I look like a girl I don't but there's still things that it's like my chest because I haven't had top surgery which means I still have more fat in my breasts even though testosterone has decreased a lot I still have to bind so like there's some mornings where like that to me when I look at myself is worse than others or like my hips being a little bit bigger I find the thing that helps the most is like more like self-care. So like my favorite thing is to shower, coming back to that presence of like doing a little bit of breath work within the shower. And then when I come out, I'll start to do like some sort of skin routine of like just taking care of my body and my face. And whether that is like shaving the little hairs that I do have that are growing on my neck, plucking my eyebrows, making my hair look good. And like sometimes it could be like putting on an outfit that I feel very confident or good in. And that's kind of my way of like getting myself out of that like state of kind of the downhill of like nothing's enough. I'm not enough. And then also like I meditate mostly every day. Like typically I try to in the morning of having some sort of mindfulness throughout the day of a practice. And within that will usually help me ground into that present moment and into more like gratitude and not looking into the future or fearing the unknown or not looking into the past and either seeing how much I still have to go or like where I came from. I mean, so many important practices that you just mentioned, the meditation piece, self-care, gratitude. I really encourage everyone to take a piece of paper, put personal nourishment menu at the top, and just to write down some of the things that you over time learn support you in shifting out of these spaces. Like what are your tools or what are the things that can support you through that or just allow you to be a little bit more comfortable when you're in that? I found a lot too, which I know you've talked about in past interviews as well with like breath work. That's something that has been like a huge essential thing for my transition because hormones is the main change in my body. My body is dealing with so much emotion and feeling and things like from 
being suppressed as like in my childhood, my inner child coming up. Breathwork has been a huge way to release a lot of that either stuck energy or resentment, anger, anything of those emotions that are coming up. And like, you can really only get through them within the body because they're held in the body. So you can't change that with your mind. So a lot of it is like what you said of like doing some sort of movement, like flow, or whether it is like working out yoga, something that moves that energy within the body. And I love to pair that with my breath work to then release that through the breath. Do you have breath work exercises that you just know, or do you use an app for meditation or breath work? Or like, I love Wim Hof's free breath work exercise. I don't know if you've ever done that one, but any resources? In my bio, like I teamed up with a group called Othership and they have an app that you can download and they have a bunch of different exercise, like breath works that you can do, whether it's like an up one. So like if it's like a morning, you want to like boost your energy or like have that energy boost within the day or like a down one where it's like you're about to go to sleep, you just want to relax. Or there's like some other like journeys that you can do within it. They have a bunch of different options, which I love theirs because it kind of like you can fit it based on the mood. And then I just like do it more consciously breathing myself. Like I'll kind of tune in and be like, what do I need today? Whether it is like similar to like a guided meditation or like just like some sounds or frequencies and silence, but I'll more so just consciously breathe even throughout the day, just like take a couple minutes and like ground myself and like take some like six deep breaths because you only need six deep breaths to change the state that you're in. And I love to pair that with shaking. It's like helped me so much through my process lately of like when you're feeling that overwhelm or like anything is just like get up and shake it off like dogs do it all the time like why is it a thing like it seemed weird as humans to do it I absolutely love it and I think a lot of people weren't talking about it before because it can look so ridiculous it's like less beautiful to post on Instagram but it's really effective to just stand up and shake your body as hard as you can obviously don't injure yourself from the tips of your fingers down to your toes and just do it you know and until you feel like you're you're done it really can change your state in such a short period of time yeah because it's like we hold a lot of those energies within our aura it's like the physical thought of like shaking things off mixed with the actual motion of like you're moving that energy off your body yeah love it if you could tell anybody who was cisgendered heterosexual actually i mean really anybody something about your experience as trans, what would you want to tell them? What would you want everyone to know? So like, there is no such thing as like what trans looks like, because every single person is different and everyone is unique to that. And depending on how hormones and genetics and all that works within the body, like when you walk down the street, you're not going to know who's trans and who's not trans. There are some that express outward more so than others. Same with like, gay and lesbian like whatever like queer people sometimes you can tell of the way that they express themselves but not always within the transgender community so like most of the time when i'm now walking down the street you would think i am a cis man so it's one of those things that like a lot of people don't have that awareness around or like you have to be careful what i like you're saying what you're like doing so that it doesn't come off as transphobic to those out there when you're like, you don't know who's around you. Like there's a lot of people out there that live stealth, like to be known as like 
a cisgendered male. Like they've either had all the like surgeries or have transitioned to a point that like they don't want to be referred to as their past self as female. Right. You would have no idea because their body has changed to that state where like you wouldn't know. And that's like a hard thing for a lot of people to, because they always think that we need to tell you before you interact. And like, it comes a point where it just like, it doesn't need to be like said anymore. No, it just is who you are. Yeah. And like, that's the whole thing with like labels of like, when we take a lot of that away and that separation, like everyone is just who they are and we don't need to try and label them to like fit into this box or like know more about them. We've obviously centered this conversation around your gender, around your transition. Tell me a little bit about your coaching practice. Who do you love working with? And are you doing mostly one-on-ones, group stuff? What does that look like? For my coaching right now, it's mostly one-on-ones. And like, I don't like putting myself in that box of being like, I only work or help like with transgender folks or like LGBTQ folks. Like, it's really like anyone that is just struggling with some sort of either identity or like inner child like thing of like not being able to be who they are. And that could be with the career that could be like family that could be in any aspect of their life of like just feeling this thing that they can't be their true self. Mm, beautiful. It's such important, important, important work for anybody who's listening right now. If you are interested in learning more about Hayden. We'll make sure that we link to his Instagram page down below. Hayden, what's the handle for it? Just so I get it right. It's Hayden Lane Tricker. Okay, great. You can also go to um, his website, which we'll link to down below. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode and you learned something from it, or you know, you feel that it might be supportive to those in your community, please take a moment to share it. You can also send me a DM anytime if you have any questions, comments, let us know what you think. Hayden, last question for you. If you were to send an email that was going to land in the inbox of every single human being, and it was your last final email, what would you say? What comes to mind is just be you whatever that means to you and finding who you are and you can ask yourself like a good practice I like to do is to look into the mirror and ask who am I and you can ask that question 10 times a hundred times doesn't matter you're probably going to get a different answer each time and not judging what that answer is and just allow it to come back to like just being you beautiful who am I be you. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Rob Beauty Talks community at Rob Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, 
pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.